Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. The News stands for News, and the Cues stands for Questions. Maybe some week it'll stand for something else, but not this week. It's Questions, Ken. It's Questions, indeed. Some good ones, as always. Some news, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. Put some spoiler, scoop, tag, warnings on the <laughs> news we're deciding to cover today. But before we get to all that fun, we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. 
Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Audiobooks, all the kids are taking them to the cabins on their Kindles to do it. So should <laughs> you. Uh, Joseph, that's not all. Yeah, the end. The uh, the cabins are all totally in VR, right? Not yeah. not even real cabins. Uh, we do have another offer. Inside Editions are as a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. They are offering thirty five percent off across their website if you use this special link. InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are recommending the Inside Editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. Again, use this link. InsideEditions.com slash discount slash Excuse me, FC35, choking on my coffee. So I'll say that one more time. InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. But that's what makes you relatable, choking on your coffee. <laughs> people will love you. <laughs> people love people who choke on coffee. Uh, Joseph, just like me. How to succeed in business without really trying. Choke on your coffee at the first meeting. Swimming with choking coffee. Okay, there we go. All right, friends, we are here. This is going to be fun. we got a big week. Main show, the uh, deep dive on Thursday is going to be looking at uh, four episodes of Visions. I know a lot of people are excited about that series, and we are too. Uh, we're going to dive into news in a second, but as always, we have a little, uh, little catch-up, little Star Wars adventures, life adventures, uh, other than uh, brewing a nice cup of Joe, Joseph. Uh, what, uh, what's going on in your Star Wars world? Oh, my Star Wars world is just weird right now. Uh, as I mentioned on last week's episode, we record on Mondays. We release this episode on Tuesday. Last Monday, I was supposed to uh, play this great match of uh, Star Wars trivia schmodown. Uh, and then it had to be rescheduled at the last minute. So I had another week of uh, potentially uh, studying. So this week, very busy week in the real world, but also lots of Star Wars uh, trivia studying. And I'm really trying to embrace the fun part of it because it can get overwhelming of like everything has not just a name, but a number. And now I have to memorize the numbers, too. <laughs> so it can get overwhelming. So I was really trying to be mindful of like, well, you know, find the joy in it. And I was rewatching the original trilogy, which in some ways is the hardest to study for because like I know it the way I know it. Like mm. I've watched those movies a million times. And there's the performances I like or the things I think about while 3PO is talking. <laughs> right. And I'm not really listening very well. So it's this really amazing challenge to after years and years, in particular with those movies, just challenge myself to watch them in a way I never have before. Listen to different things, look at different parts of the screen, question whether things have names, all that kind of stuff. Um so I saw lots of little things, but the one I wanted to share is just a little thing that I'd never noticed because I just never looked on that corner of the screen and again because everybody watches these things differently maybe fans have all seen this a thousand times and they're like yeah scrimshaw we know uh but a thing that that i really enjoyed is when in a new hope uh when they're coming out of the the smuggling compartments right after you know who's more foolish the fool or the fool who follows him there's a chewy roar and i always watch chewy and this time i watched obi-wan and i've never noticed that al guinness has like a wise knowing nod like he's agreeing with whatever Chewie is saying. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I don't think I've, yeah, because, you know, and Han pets his head, right? <laughs> right. So it's a total different, we don't see that a lot, a lot of other places in Star Wars. Han petting Chewie's head. But I'm going to focus on Obi-Wan next time. Yeah, and it's like to one of those moments where it's like total sleight of hand. And again, like I like I said, I don't mean this as a revelation because maybe many fans are like, of course, I saw that the first time I watched it in 1977. But for me, it's like the sleight of hand. I always watched <laughs> the roar and the petting, uh, not the old Jedi Master. 
I love that. See, learning things. And, and I'm with you too. I, I, in studying for Schmodowns, uh, you know, just specifically the Schmodowns, it can, it can get overwhelming. And those movies, you know, I'm always bad with quotes and all that stuff. I've talked about that. And you've all seen that if you watch me compete. But part of the reason is you just grow up with the original trilogy thinking you heard what you heard. <laughs> and you never questioned it on the playground. You just said the line and people went, yeah, yeah, yeah close enough. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I'm not even going to get into the lines because they'll disappear. But there are like one or two lines in the original trilogy in particular. It's like, I would have bet my life that it was this small, insignificant word that was said, uh, and I would have died. (laughs) So I'm glad that the stakes are small. Oh, in the big picture uh, for Star Wars trivia. But uh, anyway, that's my uh, my Star Wars and life adventure this week. uh, Looking at Obi-Wan Kenobi's head. That is it for me. How about you? Well, I had a I had a big Star Wars adventure week. I had had there was an event planned over a year ago up at the Barnes and Noble, uh, Barnes and Noble in Victorville, California, by Kent Salas, the Blue Milk Latte podcast and Instagram page, and he is uh, one of the management team at that Barnes and Noble. So, uh, because of uh, the book I put out in twenty nineteen, why we, why we love Star Wars, we're going to do a book signing event, and 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 COVID postponed it, and. I, I thought that was it. We're done. You know, whenever I'll probably never get up there, but it, we're back up and uh, Kent said, Hey, let's set up. So this past Saturday, I drove out to Victorville, uh, which for those who are uh, concerned with Southern California locations, it's about two hours North and out of LA halfway between here and Las Vegas. And that's my only relationship with the town <laughs> zooming through. Uh, I don't even stop there for gas or anything. I zoom through and, and I'll stop up in Barstow. If you want to know my life schedule on, on the way to Vegas. So I finally got to go there. And, you know, I, I I like to always try to keep my ego in check, but there was one of those situations where, you know, no one was there for me. They just were there to, for the books. And, hey, I got – so I, that because of that, and there was a couple people who were there. I got to meet one of our listeners, Count Pepto, who Ooh. actually co-won the trivia uh, contest they had later that evening that I helped co-host with Kent and his uh, podcast partner, Chris. But Joseph, it was just fun. One of those examples where, you know, I, I, I kept kind of joking. It was like I, that scene from Spinal Tap where the band goes to a record signing and, you know, not a lot of people are there. Paul Schaefer starts screaming, you know, it was classic. <laughs> um, so I felt like that. But but because of that, people just would come up and be like, hey, Star Wars, huh? And start these kind of conversations with uh, with me based just about. Sorry. And there was no debate. There was no you like to say, you know, I was you're we're always ready for that. uh that conversation. Oh, you like the new ones or this or that. What that didn't exist. It was just people were like, "Oh my gosh, hey, I love Star Wars. Oh my gosh, my cousin loves. Star- oh, I got my my son's back home. Can I get a book? Ah, it's my dad's birthday. He he took me to my first Star Wars, and, and that was very fun and refreshing. And then the trivia portion of the event uh, was interesting because uh, you know you and I aren't we're not we're not complaining, but you know for those who've watched us in the Schmodown or know the Schmodown, it's intense, and sometimes it can just you can get in a bubble and you we can get lost in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be, and it can be frustrating. And, and I, 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 I own that just as much as I own the fun of being in the Schmodown. And I know you do as well. Um, but we had a, a trivia contest that night, uh, average to hard questions. Kent put them together and teams had signed up. People had signed up like months ago for this. And afterwards, one guy's name was Will, I believe, came up to me and just said, you know, this is so fun. I, I took a night off from work for this. I've been looking forward to this for a long time because we just don't get a lot of time to talk star wars there's not a lot of people around <laughs> us to talk star wars with us and i just was kind of pulled in by that moment and that spirit and 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 blessed as you and i 
acknowledge and know we are, but to have it sometimes just a, a fine point put on the fact that we're just so blessed with what we get to do. And we're so blessed that we get to share that with everyone out there. And uh, even in Victorville, California, people like, hey, Four Center. I love what you do. That's what Count Pepto said. I, I love Data Bank Brawl. A lot of people miss Data Bank Brawl. We know we're, we're working on that and when we can possibly do that down the line. But he also said, I love that Force Center's kind of taught me to look a little deeper, to, to look at things uh, and, and dig and find out what they mean for Star Wars and for me. And that just, that just you know, is, is wonderful to hear. We're not looking for that, but it's wonderful to be part of that and just be part of a Star Wars community in the corner of a Barnes & Noble cafe. People <laughs> celebrating Star Wars, Joseph. Yeah, that is so great, and uh, it, it's so wonderful that listeners um, and and just any fan of Star Wars can sometimes help uh, me. I think help both of us uh, reconnect with the things that we say on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like with the trivia, that it's that's so that's so relatable, right? To mm -hmm. just take a take a night off work and have fun to say the Star Wars things, and yeah. it's easy to get caught up in the competition and the stress, and it's just the trivia contest are just kind of like a great analogy <laughs> for a lot of Star Wars lessons. You can get, uh, you can get caught up in the details and the stress and in that, but just the big step back of finding the joy yeah. is so relatable. I remember uh, uh, at, um, at Star Wars Celebration, the live show, which was so much fun because it was live and there's so much energy. Uh, but I knew I had already lost no matter what, uh, if I got my five point uh, answer correct. And it was uh, it was a thing that I'd known since 2002 because I wanted to know it. And it was like the first time anybody had ever or probably will ever ask me to say that Star Wars word out loud. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember just being thrilled because like I just got to say a Star Wars thing out loud to an audience and they were happy. <laughs> that's yeah. that's all I need. Makes it worth it. And look, we're not lying, folks. If, if you ever want to think about dreaming and competing in that or the Dragon Con competitions, like you got to. Get out a notebook and you got to spend uh, two weeks watching every film frame by frame and, and you can get lost in that, like Joseph was saying. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, shout out to everyone up there in Victorville, uh, Kent, Chris, uh, Count Pepto. So nice to meet you and so many more. So, uh, yeah. And congrats on that, Ken. That sounds like a really, really fun event. I'm glad you got to do that. It, it was it was fun. You know, I love bookstores. So spending a day in a bookstore ain't a bad thing. Nope. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, as soon as I get some time off, I might just go to that Barnes and Noble and sit there all day. Hey, all you have to do is bring some bring some books. You've written some books, right? Put them there. You got it. People come up and what's this? And you just tell them and you'll sign a book. An invasion. Uh, <laughs> yep. All right. That sounds like a good plan. Good plan indeed. All right. With uh, our life adventures uh, out there for you all to enjoy, we are going to dive into Star Wars news. All right. Spoiler scoop warning. We always say, hey, we don't go into rumors. We don't go into unconfirmed reports. And uh, sometimes, though, our joy for a certain project or the, the news itself um, kind of overtakes us. And we want to talk about it. This one is not official, but it's a, an actor in a series talking about something. And then it kind of went around the Internet. So it was hard to avoid. That said, if you don't want to know anything about this upcoming story related to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and you haven't heard anything, we're giving you a chance to duck out here for uh, this section of the news. All right. There you go. That said, that said, Ash 
Crossing. Man, we love Ash. She's yeah. great. Force Center friend, friend of the show. Uh, she's now leading video content over at the Revamping Screen Rant, which I'm happy for. I'm happy, number one, for a revamp and uh, maybe a revamp in their Star Wars content. I'll be blunt about that, but Ash is the right person to be there. We love her so much. And she sat down with Sung Kang, who is uh, was promoting uh, Fast Dine and the director's cut in the, in the Fast franchise. He, of course, plays the character of Han in the, the series there. Uh, and, you know, Ash doing what she does well, just getting the actors to be comfortable, share their life stories, connect. And she talked about Star Wars, talked about, hey, you got to see uh, Ewan and Hayden back as uh, Kenobi and Vader. And, and he really just lit up and told a story of dressing up uh, in those cheap old plastic uh, Star Wars co- Halloween costumes as a kid and having a toy lightsaber. And then he said, oh, yeah, then, you know, it's great because then I'm on set and my character has a lightsaber and, like, it's real. I got to hold it, which, of course, Ash reacted to. And then, boom, it's around the Star Wars Internet. So, Joseph, we'll start there. What do you think just about the interview and and uh, and when did you find out? How did it, how did it fall into your lap? Uh, I think uh, I think it was somebody retweeting it. Um, yeah, it, so I saw it right away. And whenever anything uh, gets spread around that uh, that an interview that Ash has done, I always click on it just because it's always going to be fun and interesting. Ash is such a great interviewer uh, and does get these kind of scoops because she's mm-hmm. just so honest and relatable, uh, and and I think gets people comfortable exactly like you were saying. But I so loved it because you know sometimes scoops come from like a I don't know a, a weird or troubled uh thing uh or you don't you don't know exactly what you're clicking on uh and this was just (laughs) it was so pure i just love the way that he was in it he was talking about halloween so then he just said this you know large star wars scoop and the way ash quietly said your character has a lightsaber it was such a great moment where like i I don't think he realized the scoop that he just gave but ash was speaking for you know all of uh star wars fandom of like you just gave us a huge scoop (laughs) Love it. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and, and, the, and it was the purity of the moment. No one was hiding out in a parking structure for weeks getting set <laughs> photos or hiding in bushes. It was just yeah. your human moment uh, and, and someone who's super excited. And we always talk about the balance. I don't need everyone who's in a Star Wars film or who's making Star Wars have loved every second of it as a kid and everything. But it's I love hearing that of like, wow, here I got. I used to play it as a kid. Now I get I get to be in it, and it's awesome there. Now, there has been rumors around his character before, who uh, Sun Kang is playing. But let's focus on what and maybe who that could be, what that means for Kenobi, the character, and Kenobi, the series, Joseph. Um, uh, we'll go there vague and get as specific as you want about those rumors, what this <laughs> might mean. Uh, well, I'm in a good place because I honestly, I think I've heard the rumors, but I can't remember what they are. So I, I know there's some probably, the, 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 there's some money on some certain ideas, but I honestly don't remember which it is. Yes. Uh, but I'll just go with, so my honest reaction is an Inquisitor does just make a, a ton of practical sense because that's another yeah. character that is running around in the galaxy. If you want to keep the uh, the action moving, it would make a lot of sense for Kenobi to need to get past an Inquisitor or to see an Inquisitor uh, torturing somebody else. Um, but another Jedi, I don't think that's as likely, but that to me has really interesting storytelling possibilities of when I think of, okay, if it is a Jedi, is that, is it somebody who else who Kenobi is encountering another survivor who is advocating action? Cause that's a really interesting perspective of Kenobi and Yoda. Like we're in exile. We'll return when the time is right. right. Kenobi's making some moves most likely in the series. So a Jedi having that perspective of we should be acting is really interesting. Um, the other thing with the Jedi would be, uh, for me, uh, it would be great to have uh, Kenobi have to see Vader 
wiping out a Jedi, right? I mean, when you go to Alec Guinness's speech of, you know, Vader helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi, I watched it on hollow recordings, and then I saw one in person. It was awful. Yeah. Um, and then the final one for me uh, is just always remember that any scoundrel or ne'er-do-well or bounty hunter can steal a lightsaber and just yeah. use it, and that would sting for Kenobi, too, to just see from his perspective, some low-rent bounty hunter yeah. using the weapon of a Jedi. That would be meaningful for Kenobi, too. Yeah, as someone who was uh, just recently placing some bets over at the uh, MGM Grand and Park MGM, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i into these odds you're laying down here, Joseph. Uh, yeah, <laughs> most likely Inquisitor or, or, or Dark Side in some way. Uh, a random Jedi, surviving Jedi is interesting. And then, yeah, I thought, I thought of um, what's the, the, I don't, Scar Squadron in the comics, which I, I wouldn't think this uh, would be that character, but mm -hmm. uh, one of the lead stormtroopers in that little uh, special group has a lightsaber, right? So that's that's intriguing. I, I, I'm with you. I think Inquisitor makes sense. It's interesting to think about that because I don't think if, if the movie had come out when the movie was supposed to come out or whenever, you know, whatever you believe in that timeline, I, I, I think it was a slim slim chance that they'd be Inquisitor. Not that they didn't exist or weren't in in, in in uh, planning for rebels and whatnot, but it seems to make more sense now, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it makes a ton of sense now since they're now so firmly established. But also, like, if this is being developed around the same time as Rogue One, I feel like you know, uh, Rogue One was doing some work to lift up rebels, right? Yes. Not not to lift up in in terms of a, a bad thing. Uh, uh, I don't mean it in any way that way. Uh, that it was really trying to acknowledge rebels and make this connection between. Uh, the big screen and the home television screen. So I can see yeah. maybe Inquisitors being a part of it back then too. I am though really intrigued about this idea you're putting out there, which could be another character, who knows, uh, of this idea of a, of a surviving Jedi and what that would mean to Kenobi in terms of, of action and what do you take? Uh, your, your pitch here of someone kind of getting in his face almost, so to speak, uh, spiritually saying, hey, uh, what are you all hiding out? You know, uh, let's go for it. Or, or the other way around. Maybe Kenobi finds the Jedi completely like out of the game. Doesn't even <laughs> want the lightsaber. Take it. I want no part of this. And maybe that has uh, wakes up uh, something Kenobi to, to go out, take some action or right some wrongs. Uh, but also, again, we know where he ends up and we know what his mission we, and his mission is important. So I love that kind of idea. Of we, we think Kenobi's going to have to be weighing those kind of options. Um, so that'd be cool. I just yeah, I'm with you, too. I just uh, I think this blade's going to be red. Yeah, I would lay some Vegas money on on red blade as well. Red blade. Indeed. Uh, but we'll see. Of course, we always see, you know, we I, I, this comes a lot. But I, I like asking ourselves the question every now and then. Joseph, about how do we deal with the balance of, of of knowing or not knowing or what we want to know and what we don't want to know going into shows and movies now here in 2021. It has changed for me over the years, and it sometimes changes story to story. You mentioned it. Well, source, where, where the source comes from or you know, some of the murky waters that they these, these bits of information might emerge from factor into it for me, too. Uh, but, man, I don't know. It's kind of a case-by-case -case basis. I saw this story kind of saw the headlines and went, yeah, definitely going to click. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally understandable on this one. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, for myself, uh, I, I'm still in the camp of I, I would like to avoid things. If I could, mm -hmm. you know, be in a hermetically sealed bubble and not hear anything about Kenobi until I watch it. You know, I, I, I ideally want to watch the story and not have all these uh, details dribble out. But when they come out and it's from a really legitimate sort of um conversation like this 
uh, then I just try to accept what you can't control. You know, mm. uh, I think that's a, a the good Jedi lesson of sometimes things happen and they're not under your control and you can be upset about them or you can just accept them. Um, I, and I think the other thing for me is just remembering that I really want to sit down and have that first time I experience it in the week to week, having the fun uh, questions and debate and guesses in between the episodes with all the fans. But at the same time, if the entire Kenobi script leaked and I read it, <laughs> I'd still enjoy watching the show. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's not like the only joy of something is knowing what happens, right? Otherwise, we'd only watch these movies once, which none of us do. None of us do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's also how far out you are from the project. It might be like, you know, 2013, 2014. If it had Star Wars Episode Seven a rumor on it, I was clicking until... We hit January 2015, then I was like, "Oh, we're almost." I, no, I'm going to wait a year. I'm going to I'm going to try to back <laughs> out of this. Uh, Kenobi's a little far off. Uh, we don't exactly know, right? But uh, it's it's far farther off. Where if, if it's a book of Boba Fett thing right now, we're so close. I'm good. I'll put the earplugs in and the blinders on. Exactly. I I got my book of Boba Fett earplugs ready to go. Ready to go, indeed. All right. From there, we are going to go to the High Republic. A lot of information has come out uh, as the High Republic moves uh, into uh, wave two of phase one. Uh, we've got a synopsis, though, on the Falling Star and several covers for books and comics. A lot of this uh, revealed, I think most of this actually revealed, on the High Republic show with Christina Ariel. A uh, great fun show to watch if you're a big High Republic Star Wars fan. They revealed several covers for the upcoming projects. Uh, any covers stand out to you, sir? Yeah, the uh, the main adult book, the uh, the Fallen Star by Claudia Gray, and we're going to talk more about that one. But the cover ju jumped out at me because uh, while I am excited to continue to meet new characters, part of what's so great about High Republic is every character that we've met so far, and we've met many, are intriguing. And I'm really in that. I want to know more about my faves. <laughs> so yeah. having so many of those faves on the cover, right? Uh, Indira yeah. Stokes being real big, and, and she really, she had a smaller role in Light of the Jedi, but just really, really jumped to the top of my list in Rising Storm, you know, and seeing yeah. Belle and Briaga getting another cover shot. Uh, Stellan, it's just, it's. I'm really excited to spend time with those characters, so that's the one that's grabbing me. Uh, I love that there. There's uh, the, the cover reveal for the first issue of The Eye of the Storm, the, the two-shot comic series about Markian, uh, Markian Rowe. Uh, is uh, uh, really good. I, I, it's, I was almost said it's her heroic, but I, I wouldn't consider him heroic. So, but it looks just good. Uh, him on a ledge, lightsaber in hand. Uh, and then look, as a Porter Engel fan, this the Star Wars Adventures comic they got uh, coming out. Uh, man, the 2021 annuals, just him with a saber, just kind of yeah, let's fight. I just. Let's make some stew while we're doing it. <laughs> like oh, yeah, that is great. That is, I'm scrolling past that one. Oh, I'll be picking that one up. Yeah. And then uh, the final one, I did uh, Daniel Jose Older's uh, Midnight Horizon, and it's got the, you know, the, the two Jedi there, capes up, blades out, fog in the background. It looks like a great <laughs> concert poster. Hoods Up, Blades Out Hoods is up. definitely a book that I hope they put out in the High Republic uh yeah yeah or just uh you know a good tagline for uh for the next uh, star wars movie uh, whatever <laughs> or beyond uh, uh patty jenkins film uh that, the, the big thing we want to talk about though is a synopsis for claudia gray's fallen star 
And here is what we got. Uh, Time and time again, uh, time and again, the vicious raiders known as the Nile have sought to bring the golden age of the High Republic to a fiery end. Time and again, the High Republic has emerged battered and weary, but victorious thanks, uh, thanks to its Jedi protectors. And there is no monument to their cause grander than the starlight beacon. Hanging like a jewel in the outer rim, the beacon embodies the High Republic at the apex of its aspirations, a hub of culture and knowledge, a bright torch against the darkness of the unknown, an extended hand of welcome to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. As survivors and refugees flee the Nile's attack, the beacon and its crew stand ready to shelter and heal. The Grateful Knights and Padawans of the Jedi Order stationed there finally have a chance to recover from the pain of their injuries and the grief of their losses. But the storm they thought had passed still rages. They are simply caught in its eye. Markian Rowe, the true mastermind of the Nile, is preparing the most daring attack yet. One designed to snuff out the light of the Jedi. Oh, wow. All right. I'm on board. I always already was. <laughs> That's great. What do you think, Joseph? Oh, yeah. No, I really, really love this. Uh, the My favorite thing about this is just the confirmation that we're going to spend a lot of quality time on the Starlight Beacon. Um, I, they have spent some time on it in the comics. Um, but it seems like with the, the way this initiative is going, uh, these adult books are like the, the real pillars of the big picture story. Um, so spending a lot of quality time in a novel on the Starlight Beacon because it's just it, it's a, a great, you know, symbol and idea is that uh, that description makes really clear. But there's just lots of like fascinating stuff going on, you know, on the actual beacon. So spending time with uh, the different facets of how it's trying to share culture, culture, how it's trying to share science, how it's trying to, you know, be a place of diplomacy. Like what a great place to just spend time on. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing is um, it's really, really fun to know that the disaster is coming, right? Uh, much like we did with the Republic Fair. It's yeah. got that great tragedy feeling of, you know, a disaster is coming. Uh, the title seems to be a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> Uh, when it's uh, set on Starlight Beacon and title is Fallen Star, there are only so many things could happen. But the joy, like any tragedy, like watching Revenge of the Sith, is how and and you know what choices will our characters make. So, and I so trust all of these authors, and Claudia Gray in particular, to make it feel really different and like an evolution of what happened at the Republic Fair. So I'm just so excited to see exactly how and why the tragedy plays out. Yeah, when we were first discussing this book and, and what this could be about, I was focused on uh, one Jedi, like Elzar Man. I was like, this is this about him falling to the dark side or slipping and falling? And I believe it was you. It was like, ah, you know, the Starlight Beacon's considered kind of a star in the galaxy. And this not only makes more sense, now we kind of get this confirmation, Joseph, of, of uh, uh, you kind of connecting to this theme here. I, I, I really... Um, I'm really excited, even though it's uh, not a repeat format in a bad way, but what you're describing of like, hey, let's go have some fun. What are those dark clouds over there? We'll find out. <laughs> it just kind of works and it works in this era. And I'm curious to see if if it, the fallen star is, in fact, the starlight beacon and how bad that, st- uh, that star will fall. What's the damage? Is it destroyed? Do we lose it completely? Because we're only in phase one of the High Republic, and that's such a cornerstone of the the storytelling and the galaxy or what it, what they're hoping it to be so if we whisk that away in any way i'd be i'd be excited with that kind of maybe bit of a twist but if it's just it's now a limping star the rest of the the next phase or something like that i'd be with it as well because thematically you're so right there's uh, this is a great description of what that station means and what that that beacon truly is in the galaxy and, and of course now we want to go for it and i like 
that this was a big play from Roe and that we're not waiting for that. I mean, we're already several stories in, but you know what I mean? It's like, screw it. Let's go for the beacon. Let's do it. We're the Nile. <laughs> we're not going to waste any time. I like that. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like a part of this for uh, Mark Yanro is personal. He wants to hurt the Jedi. And I think your your prediction of the fallen star being not just literally the Starlight Beacon, but being uh, Elzar or other Jedi, I kind of think that's spot on. I think without uh, just uh, totally uh, repeating the works of Palpatine, I think Mark Yanro is going to want to destroy them from the inside because I think a physical destruction of the Starlight Beacon would be great and I think it will probably be damaged and I think it will be a, a limping star if not a falling star. <laughs> but I think what he really wants is he wants people out there in the outer rim who are like, yeah, I don't know. My whole life, every time somebody's offered me a hand and help, they've ended up stealing from me or, or kicking me. Why should I trust that? And it's mm. that big, big risk that that you need for hope and to make connection. And I think Mark Yonroe knows the Jedi and the Republic fail if he destroys that bit of hope and getting the Jedi to 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 do that, to act, to lash out, right? To fight amongst themselves or to uh, ha have somebody come to the beacon for safe haven and have them be paranoid and have the Jedi lash out at somebody who came there for safe haven. That's mm -hmm. what's really going to destroy them, right? Yeah, it's amazing that uh, all through Star Wars, hope is that thing that needs to either be fought, defended, or destroyed, right? It's 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 the MacGuffin in a way. Uh, I think <laughs> we're, we're getting ready to review, go deep into the Mortis episodes, and there's just a moment where Anakin's like, pretty cool. No, there's always hope. You got to have hope. Hope, hope. It's big. And it's not just a catchphrase from Rogue One. You know, <laughs> like it's big and it's powerful. And I love what you're talking about. Uh, Mark Andrews got to got to whisk some hope away, too. Yeah, Whisk the Hope Away, yet another great title for a future High Republic book. <laughs> the Whisking of the Hope. All right, final story of the day. Now, we had a placeholder in case the, the Mandalorian uh, won an Emmy, but I'm checking the results, Joseph. I know you watched a bit. It didn't look like the Mandalorian took any big Emmys. You know, I, I got to say, as a Star Wars fan, I did watch the whole thing. I'm sad that they didn't win anything. I'm sad that WandaVision did not uh, win anything at those awards they did at the Creative mm -hmm. Emmys. Uh, but you know what? It was great uh, to see uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni enjoying a fine meal at the Emmys because there was a one, one shot of them both dining and it made me real happy. Uh, yeah, it was Roy Choi around the corner. Were they, were they cooking grilled cheese or something there in a truck? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think he was just dining this time around. <laughs> I, I think of all the celebrities out there, you know, there's always that, who'd you have at your table for a fantasy dinner? It's Favreau. I think Favreau. And that's what he had that show, dinner in a movie or five people in a movie, whatever it was. He's a guy I want to enjoy. Meal with. He's good. That's a great yeah, five dishes of baby in a movie. Yeah, I can't remember what that that's was. The one. Uh, but we do want to have one little uh, Mandalorian story here. Uh, we can, 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 can uh, we can confirm, excuse me, the art of star Wars, the Mandalorian season two is on the way coming to us December 14th, Phil Sostak and his uh, team and company and all the designers and Doug Chang and everyone will have wonderful words and pictures and arts and comments and captions in the art of star Wars, the Mandalorian season two. Uh, we love the art of books here. I think it's pretty popular with the fans. Uh, it, it harkens back to the early days with those Macquarie drawings kind of, um, uh, inspiring or making people wonder what if or what could have been. And it's just kind of been part of being a Star Wars fan. So uh, we love these books. Uh, anything you're looking forward to, particularly uh, in uh, this book, and, and maybe something you want to see from season two as a design? 
Yeah, no, it's really fun to think through season two and think through, you know, what things are just like, no, we kind of got that. And what things that might have gone through some fun iteration and have some like surprising things uh, that we didn't see. Um, I assume that there that there might be some fun Boba Fett looks, right? Because this is Boba Fett as we know him. But the decision of exactly what does he look like uh, when we first see him on on Tatooine before he reclaims his armor and, you know, his armor, is not the armor itself, but like the the amount of dirt uh his facial scars they talked a lot about getting right in, in the makeup uh so you know what what might that look like in design so boba fett looks hot boba fett looks <laughs> uh depending on how soon they settled on tython or even even if they were always knew it was tython like what kind of jedi place what kind of jedi temple uh is it going to look like where grogu makes his call and then the final one for me is a uh, creepy gross things floating in clone tanks i feel like there could be some fun iteration there yeah that's 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 actually i didn't think about that one yet you have to kind of replay the season in your head pretty fast uh i'll tell you the one i want more than anything what different versions of frog lady did we almost get (laughs) oh i knew there was something incredibly important i was forgetting and it's frog lady uh that's great i love that i love uh the boba fett one's gonna be interesting yeah to see what we could because i i love uh middle-aged fett with that cape and armor combo it's one of my favorite uh, uh fett looks now i'd say i'm even gonna say it might even be my favorite fett look so we'll see so i'd love to see uh all the, all the ways they uh they were uh, zeroing in on the look that they wanted yeah uh, and i hope a whole chapter on quarren chowder hoses and- and how many sweaters? How many sweater calamari sweater vests and sweaters do we get? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see the thing very quickly on on social media where somebody on Amazon found the sweater and then in the reviews somebody has uh, posted pictures of themselves wearing it in a Mon Calamari <laughs> costume. I mean, Star Wars Celebration twenty twenty two. That is going to be the hip look. That's and I hope it's not too hot in Anaheim because it can get hot. <laughs> I'm a little humid. Uh, that's. That's going to be the look. I don't even think people need to be in full cal- Mount Mon Calamari. I just think we all wear the sweaters. The sweater run might be popular. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, that is our look at Star Wars news right now as it is. We'll see what information comes out after we publish the episode. Before we take a break, we want to recommend an audio book for you. Joseph, what do we have? Uh, we are recommending the book that we have perhaps recommended the longest because life keeps getting in the way of us getting caught up. But we are still recommending Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. Uh, we are going to be reading it very quickly because, you, as you heard, there are more books coming and we have to catch up. If you want to be caught up, you can uh, check it out on Audible. Yeah, download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. We are going to review it soon. I feel as though I'm personally letting down Justine Ireland by not reading it yet. I can't wait to finally get to it. We're going to do it. We appreciate all of your patience, and we appreciate you sticking around because after this short break, we are going to take your questions here on Force Center. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> Radio. 
Welcome back to Force Center, the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the bright tree village of our Ewok community here. And our community <laughs> is made up of all you wonderful folks who submit questions. And Joseph, what do we have this week? Uh, we have four wonderful questions from uh, four wonderful people who might think of themselves as Ewoks, and that would be just fine if they did. Uh, we are going first to our two questions from Twitter, and then we'll take our two from patrons on Patreon. On Twitter, our first question comes from Jess Black. Jess says, as we are enjoying more representation in Star Wars, especially in the books, I wonder which moments of representation, celebration of any and all peoples in Star Wars have spoken to you, made an impression on you. Thanks for all the great shows. I love listening to you every week. Smiley face. Uh, smiley face, back to you. Thank you so much for the great question. Uh, really agree with it. There there has been steps forward in representation, I think, uh, everywhere in Star Wars. Uh, but the the books and the comics in particular uh, have really been been doing a lot. But Ken, where do you go with this? What moments of representation in books, comics, films, everywhere uh, ha- have made an impact on you? Oh, well, I mean, in Force Awakens, seeing Han Solo, finally a grumpy old white man represented in Star Wars, right? <laughs> so fresh for me, saw myself, but hey, uh, that's where, uh, hey, that's uh, my perspective, right? So it's lo- I love looking at uh, representation as it, as it grows. And there's there's some choices for us to make here, not enough choices we would uh, say and, and agree. Um, so I'm often just to see it and then to hear how people uh, connect with these characters or move by these moments, big and small. And there's always even maybe some debates around some of the moments, but even then they can have power, even if um, just, just by being there. So some that I, I chose here, Joseph, are uh, uh, the kiss Afra and Magna Tolvan uh, in the Afra comic. Uh, if you're not familiar with the plot uh, of, of them, Magna Tolvan was an Imperial officer, kind of worked on the security side, but, just an imperial officer, uh, and she was uh, running Edu. Uh, and there's a, there's a reference in Alexander Freed's Rogue One novelization to Krennic brushing off a uh, a female officer, and uh, and he later said that that was they didn't Tolvin didn't exist, but it, you could say it was her because she was the one kind of run the facility. So the comics took that run with it, and she is uh, she both hates and loves Afra. <laughs> they have this long on again. I can't even call it on again off again like romance. It's something that goes beyond that. Um, but they it, it's finally it builds to this moment of this kiss, and you turn the page and it's a giant page in the comic, and it's it's real powerful and it's real bold. And uh, and maybe shouldn't be bold, but it's like it just has that effect. You're like, oh wow, there you go. And I, I really do love that moment. I love what it represents. Afra is such a character that that uh, uh, just represents a lot of uh, different people. And I think her story continues to uh, find ways to do that for the Star Wars story. That's one of the ones my favorite uh, moment. It just was there. Um, so is that one? Do you want me to just kind of list a few here? And yeah, we, go for it. Yeah, I I, uh, I got to say the main cast of Rogue One. We're talking about films. Now, background and secondary casting was sometimes debated, a uh, little less uh, women represented, just alone, uh, just that shot of like the, the rebel soldiers and all those kind of things, and always great discussions to continue to have. But I still focus on the main cast. I, I really look at that cast. We love the characters, and I'm just absolutely honored to get the people we had playing those roles in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we Diego Luna and Cassian Andor and, and, and more life that character now with the series. I, Riz Ahmed is Bodhi Rook. 
Just wonderful. Just I, I just love the look of that shot when it came out, the promotional shot of that main cast. That's there as well. Yeah, if I, I, if I can just interject yeah. real quick on on that one. You know, yeah. I, 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 I so apologize that I cannot remember uh, the story, uh, but there's the story that people have shared on social media about going with their father or grandfather. I, I apologize. I, I'm not remembering some of the details about just being shocked to see they let Diego Luna have his accent in a film. You know, is, yeah, you might be thinking of the one because I, I know we've talked about it before. It's it's our pal uh, Hector Navarro, who's, who's been on the show, too. A lot of, you know, Hector out there, a great host in the space. And he took his father and and his father was moved. Hector was moved, too. But his father was like, I, I hear myself in Star Wars. And that yes. Was, yes. Thank always, you for knowing the details. I apologize. Yeah. I forgot them. It, it always resonated with me. It was an Instagram post, I think, if I remember Hector. And I'm sure he's talked about it other places. Yeah. I and mean, that was part of the power of that cast. Yeah, and just to, for me to just really viscerally, truly hear that that personal experience, it's so powerful and so great. Yeah. I think we should shout out in Star Wars Squadrons, uh, Keo Venze, uh, a non-binary character, and they have a great pl- uh, uh, part, and they're, they're a very popular character in the Squadrons series, and th- that uh, leads into more areas of representation that Star Wars really hasn't spent a lot of time in yet. Uh, we got some... Uh, non-binary characters in uh, High Republic, right? Uh, Jedi, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, very important. Uh, whether or not the the game is the game, and it, I don't think Star Wars Squadron just gets talked about a lot right now, um, but that uh, that character exists, and I think it's important to note there. Final two for me here, and again, there's other choices, but I, I'm focusing on um, some of the ones that that struck me. And that, going back to the Aftermath series, Singer Wraith Velas, as well as his husband, Condor Kyle. Love this character, and that just was part of who he was. It wasn't focused on. It was. It was just. Yeah. This is. This is. This is who Singer is. This is who his husband is. There you go. The more intriguing thing. The more interesting thing was his background, his imperial uh, compliance officer, him being on Endor, and it just was like cool. That's part of who he is. But this is uh, what what he brings to the story. And I don't think Singer gets talked about enough anymore as time goes on. We don't really hear or see the character in other areas, which, which I think is a shame and a, and a missed opportunity. And hopefully uh, maybe even in a series like Andor, I, I'm not saying Andor is going to pull in all the connections <laughs> that we think are out there. Um, that's not my full expectation, but I think Singe is an interesting character to use in the Star Wars galaxy. Final one for me, Joseph. Um, I got to just uh, shout out to, you know, Billy D. Williams, Lanto <laughs> Carson, 1980. Uh, I think you saw Empire, uh, I, I believe in my mind, a little bit of a course correction, probably not enough maybe, but a little bit of a course correction from A New Hope, uh, which uh, 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 did not fully reflect the the audience that was watching the film. And I think uh, Lando himself uh, coming through there uh, and just being there was very powerful for a lot of people then, now, and probably forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think for me, starting starting where you left off, I think the the in terms of like storytelling moments, not just uh, you know characters, uh, but but events. Uh, that interaction between Lando and Janna just really really affects me in Rise of Skywalker. Um, Rise of Skywalker is reminds us a couple times that hey, the story of the First Order is that these uh, these stormtroopers were taken away from their families uh, established mm-hmm. in force awakens but we get reminded a couple times um and just amongst that party uh lando and jenna finding one another and, and lando caring and understanding enough to ask you know like do you know where your home is basically and saying well let me help you find it let me help you find you know 
this part of your identity that you didn't get to know that is such a powerful uh, moment to me and such a kind moment and, and what a great sort of final beat for Lando Calrissian, you know, the, uh, the scoundrel with a heart of gold. He's from the gold system, <laughs> you know, and his heart clearly is too. And what a great beat for that character, you know, and, and I think meaningful in the real world of the idea of, you know, maybe some of your identity has been in an entirely unjust way made difficult for you to know and we're going to know it damn it you know yeah yeah and, and and that 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 moment uh we talked about it a little more in depth here but i i, I think it's um there's so much there and i think it it got overlooked and maybe people poked fun at it and what whoa and more of like whoa, whoa was there another plot line just take what's on screen it's really powerful yeah, and, and I love it just the way it is. I know there's the backstory of maybe at one point there was Lando was going to be looking for his daughter, but I love this. This is just two humans finding each other and, and helping each other out. Um, okay. A couple for me, um, I also had uh, Singer Rathvelis and Condor Kyle on my list uh, I, because I particularly love Singer and I really agree with you. I think where he was left off in Aftermath, it'd be amazing if he showed up in The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. As the, you know, the reformed Imperial, the, you know, trying to, to make uh, everything run smoothly for the New Republic. Uh, yeah, and I just, I really, really, really love uh, that there's so much complexity to the character of Singer. He, he really charms you uh, and then he is, he has issues with violence and then like is concerned that he doesn't want to be in this relationship because maybe he's not good enough. It's just a bunch of great stuff, like just a, a complex character with a relationship. And that's what it is. Um, and then I know this is controversial. I know it is. Uh, I agree that it is not enough. Uh, but I am happy to just see Larma Dassey and, and Roby Tice kiss in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it is not enough. Uh, I want more, but I'm glad that that first tiny little step is there. And I think that partially for me is just, I really love the character of Larma uh, Dassey. She's uh, yeah. so well performed by Amanda Lawrence. And there's just kind of, um, I just gravitate to that character. I find her interesting and just seeing even that little hint of what her full life is, was really powerful to me. And again, totally hear the criticisms that it's not enough. Um, final, uh, well, actually two more for me very quickly. Um, big one for me because it's kind of within the the world of Star Wars, but it speaks to the real world, is the Tusken Raiders and the Mandalorian. That's just huge to me. Um, love I love Star Wars, obviously, but Star Wars has its roots in, in a lot of older storytelling. And sometimes when you update that older storytelling, some baggage comes with it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the, the sort of the, the Western feel that Tatooine has of the... the the moisture evaporators who are plagued by uh, these, you know, murderous, you know, uh, locals um, that that's got some real negative baggage when you just update it. And, and here's the Mandalorian coming along and giving full life, full respect, full perspective to the Tusken Raiders that they, they're the indigenous people and they have culture. And if you treat them with respect, they will communicate with you. That is such a, a necessary for me uh, fleshing out of those characters. And it says a lot about uh, how we update stories, particularly when we are, uh, you know, being, being our modern stories are being informed by old stories. That's great. But then we have to really be careful of like, what are we accidentally bringing into the present with us? Um, mm -hmm. And then the, the fact that there was sign language involved too is, is a yeah. great representation. Uh, so Tuscan Raiders, probably the biggest one for me in, in some ways, uh, and then the final one, you 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 kind of said this jokingly, um, 
but I think just honestly seeing Han, Luke, but in particular Leia in the sequel trilogy is an important kind of representation to me because I, I do think we, we still really wrestle with uh, ageism. Yes. Um, uh, the, the, the strapping older man who can still kick ass. We got no problems with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, most, most, if, you, if there were still video stores, most of them would be movies of Liam Neeson kicking ass. So yeah. that archetype we're fine with, but the middle-aged man like Luke, who is having an absolute crisis of soul uh, and, and, and is a, a hero um, who, who needs to refine his path. That's a little more rare, but in particular, Leia uh, is my first viewing of force awakens. One of the things that made me tear up is, is, uh, you know, Leia saying, uh, you know, if you see our son, bring him home and, and that hug and that, and it was the, it was the power of Leia, but it was the power of also just seeing, you know, uh, an older woman being so fully represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Ageism can slip under the radar pretty easily uh, there, but uh, and you're right to point out the difference between Han and I'm joking up top with Han, but I also like seeing, uh, you know, a uh, uh, middle-aged man still battling his issues, but uh, not, not even middle-aged. That's me. Uh, <laughs> what you're saying about Luke and 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 just being able to uh, uh, the internal struggles of, of that still go on and dealing with that stuff. But yeah, the Leia stuff continues to be really powerful. Uh, you know, Last Jedi too, which uh, you and I. Just both love everything about her. Uh, Carrie is is there, uh, uh, warts and all, which has always been her. Uh, anyway, so I, I think it works for Leia and, and, and happy to see it. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, this is a great question, important question. Uh, we could go on and on, but uh, that is a sample of some of the ones that have affected us. And I know a lot of people are going to have uh, a lot of different answers. And uh, it's great to spend some time on it. Any other thoughts on this one, Ken, before we move on? Uh, no, I just, uh, I, I think it's very important, as, as I said, and we've said before, but it's important for Star Wars to reflect the the literal galaxy watching it. And yeah. uh, that continues to be important, and 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 it should be. And and yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I like the end of the Rise of Skywalker moment, too. Uh, you know, But you should be there for that, the other side of that discussion of, hey, yeah, it was small. But it sounds trite, but I think a, 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 a small step is still a step, and that's what we can build on now. Um, so let's take it for what it is and go from there and celebrate it. We'd love to hear from all of you out there too. If you got moments of representation uh, and, and celebration that you want to share, tweet us on, on uh, Twitter so we can see and, and hear your stories too. Yeah, please, please, because it is, it's so joyful. I want everyone to be able to experience what I've got to experience, which is to, to see myself in Star Wars in various ways. And I just really want that for everyone. And it is delightful to hear when those moments happen. Indeed. All right, we are going to move on to our next question from Outlaw Adam Knight. Adam says, who's the best podcast host amongst the Star Wars characters, and why is it Master Yoda? <laughs> yeah. uh, very good, very fun question. We've talked a lot about who would be the best podcast guests, who would we want to interview, but I don't know if we've talked about podcast hosts, right? <laughs> so what, where, where do your thoughts go? Do you, th- do you agree with Adam? Is Master Yoda the best? You know what? I, it's a great joke, Adam. Uh, I, I, but also it might be kind of the answer. There's probably, look, you and I have been podcasting for a long time, not just Force Center, but our own things for years. Your obsessed podcast has been going for a very long time. Sometimes a good podcast, you have someone like Yoda, who's just like going to be able to talk and talk and spin things off and have little jokes and inside. I'd sit down for the Master Yoda show. I absolutely would. I now, absolutely would. And I think it should be called How Feel You. <laughs> Just like he says to Anakin. Can we get a Brian Ward poster with some headphones <laughs> on Yoda? I'll feel you coming soon to specify. Um, 
Now, here's the thing. I, I have more of a, a broadcast bas- background. I think you do, too, Joseph, in this just that sense of you being this entertainer. You've been talking into microphones for so long that we sometimes approach Four Center. We ramble and have a podcast. But I think I, I, I listen to through through my uh, fiance, Grace, so many like murder podcasts, true crime podcasts where I, I sometimes get really frustrated with the host. I'm like, there's no it's just them chatting in the kitchen and it's uh, and I'm not talking about ums and ahs, but I'm just like, I, I I get real grumpy when people don't broadcast. But I also realize those are the uber successful podcasts. So I was like, <laughs> my choices for this question aren't going to be who I think would be the great news broadcaster, podcaster in Star Wars, or even Lando, who, who's an entertainer, I think, at heart. I went with Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, uh, Orson Krennic, and Porter Ingle. Hear me <laughs> out. And not, not on the same show. Oh, so, I, thought, I thought it was all three of them in a kitchen. Actually, that's a great idea, too. We, <laughs> young Krennic and uh, old Porter. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Qui-Gon, because Qui-Gon, uh, you know, Liam, but Qui-Gon is very soothing. He could, I could see Qui-Gon doing like a calm app thing, just some meditations before you go to bed. That's just uh, you turn it on, you drift to, drift to sleep here in uh, Qui-Gon, talk about, uh, you know, focus determines your reality. Uh, I think that could really work. Uh, and then uh, Porter Engel, just, I mean, come on. I love this guy. Yeah, well, he's got like a couple hundred years of stories to talk about. He just seems like a good dude and we're going to talk about stuff. I don't know why I made him sound like some kind of weird John Goodman character, but that's what I envision. Um, but Krennic, hear me out. Sometimes on podcasts, is I, don't, I get sometimes lost down um, stand-up comedy podcast. Even if I'm not super fans of the people on the podcast, sometimes I just, the clip will pop up on YouTube and I'll listen for hours of just them talking dirt on comedy store moments or, you know, and I don't know why I just, I like it. I think Krennic would spill some Imperial tea <laughs> and it would be the type of podcast that you would just be like, yeah, this is what you want to hear. Krennic going, Oh, 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 Oh. Oh. Then this one time. Piet came in and did it. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, you want to know about Vader? I'll tell you about Vader. And, and, and it wouldn't be the most, uh, you know, I wouldn't be happy with myself for listening to the show, but I think I'm going to hear it. You know who's soft, firm as Piet? <laughs> exactly. Uh, those are great choices. Yeah. Porter Engel's a, a cooking show that, you know, it takes him forever to get to the recipe. That, yes. Mm. That's very good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think this is so fascinating to think about. There are just kind of different shows and there are different reasons uh, to listen to podcasts, right? Uh, I think uh, I think we might have talked about this recently, but um, if for like just national public radio interview, right? Real clean. Mon Mothma would be great, right? She's got Ooh, that yeah. very calming voice. And, you know, and she's got a clearly like huge global if it was like a what's really going on in the galaxy. Right. She's got all the all the knowledge. Right. Um, I think uh, if it was like kind of an interview, like a casual let me learn about your life, um, I'd go, maybe go with Padme. Um, yeah. Because Padme is uh, smart, knowledgeable. Uh, she's got a good voice. She's got a good sense of humor because she does actually laugh at things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like the the challenge with being a good interview podcast where it's about the guest is exactly when do you uh, throw in your own thoughts, right? Because mostly what you want to do is pull out the other person. Yep. Um, and I think Padme is so selfless and so aware of other people's needs that she would be a great, it's a fun podcast, but, but she can uh, direct it. So it, it's really about the other person. Um, and then I hadn't thought you're so right. Like a ton of what, what the power of podcasts are is, you know, two or three people who are just really, uh, 
going back and forth over a specific topic and, and a big part of it is the topic, but a, a b- even bigger part is just getting to know these people. So the, this is a, this is not diving deep for the characters. But this is my honest reaction. If it was a three people in the kitchen and this could be a, 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 a true crime podcast, I'd be fine with that. I would love Obi-Wan, Anakin and Ahsoka because <laughs> yes. just get a great bicker fest. Right. And Obi-Wan is good at challenging people, but he also sometimes is like really stuck in his ways of like, yeah, but no, this is the way it is. And every once in a while, Anakin would blurt out something really upsetting about his worldview. (laughs) And, you know, and Ahsoka would be the one who maybe gets talked over, but is actually saying the most valuable thing, which I don't find enjoyable in a podcast, but it happens sometimes. Uh, What I I was trying to think of that setup, that's a great pick, is is Obi-Wan the one keeping the show on task? But then, no, I think I think it's Ahsoka trying to like oh gosh oh anakin you shouldn't say that uh obi-wan calm down also here's this week's sponsor and we gotta take a break like she'd be she'd be keeping it going yeah i think so i think obi-wan would be trying and he would disappear into bickering and, and ahsoka would swoop in and and save them both yes love it as she often does great question uh adam uh master yoda is also uh fascinating uh because uh, just rewatching empire strikes back you know there is that great moment where uh where Luke is trying to ask him uh, why <laughs> he's like, no, 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 there is no why. <laughs> yeah. So it'll also be fascinating for moments where, where Yoda is just like, I'm shutting this conversation down. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. Got one here from Graham Caskill. Uh, Graham says, uh, okay, now that the high Republic has given us two rounds of phase one, I found myself fan casting for the never to be made film adaptation. Who would you cast alive, dead in between pick anyone? So far, I have 80s-era Crispin Glover is Markian Rowe. Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey is Stellan Gias. <laughs> Sam Neill as Porter Engel. Ooh. And Matthew McConaughey as Geode. <laughs> have fun with this, y'all. Thanks so much for your amazing shows. Y'all have unknowingly inspired my own podcast all about the wider themes in Star Wars. May the Force be with you. That is awesome. Best of luck on your podcast. This is this is very fun as we're getting really ramped up here to dive into High Republic. Ken, uh, what are some of your casting picks? Man, first of all, I you know, Grab gave us carte blanche to go anywhere, and I didn't. I just I took it so serious that I'm almost upset at myself because you could have had a lot of fun, but uh, maybe maybe you 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 um, didn't roll up your sleeves like I did, like I was answering a, a movie debate YouTube show question. I'm also really bad at fan casting. I th- back when I was competing in some of those movie debate shows, like on these, we'd get these questions a lot. I would just Google actor. And I find someone who worked because uh, I just draw blanks and uh, the, um, I just don't know sometimes who's out there, who's up and coming. Or I get too stuck in the the studio that the studio system from the old days doesn't doesn't exist. But actors get you know they're on a bunch of lists and push forward, and it's all it's all sometimes a, a machine. So I just kind of went with some some choices here. I, I have a feeling this one might be on your list because it's on everybody's list, and I'm okay with pushing this one forward until it happens. Not that I think we're going to get a high republic movie or show. But if we need a Avar Chris in live action, it's got to be Jody Whittaker, right? That is my very first one. I, I assume other people are having this discussion, right? I just figure, and and I, 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 I it, it should be like we should make this happen. <laughs> uh, she, she's wrapping up her tenure on Doctor Who, so uh, you know she, she's, uh, she's ready to lead all of these High Republic films. Yeah, yeah, and again, we're not saying these films or shows are going to happen. That it's all a publishing initiative, but it just you looked at that cover and you're like, oh, are they? 
they're just setting this up for that, right? right? Yeah, like it, it's it's almost like this. Uh, yeah, the art is just there, and I it was one of those like dreamlike things. If I like read you know half of the first book, and I just realized like I am entirely picturing Avar Chris as only Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So who else you got? Um, I got uh, only a few choices here, but uh, as skier, it would be you know however you want to do it, but it basically be a voice. Um, I, I went with Ray Winston. Ooh. And it might be because not only, you know, watching uh, was a Black Widow, right? He he was um, uh, the villain there. I was uh, rewatching Kingdom of the Crystal Skull recently. <laughs> and uh, whatever your thoughts on the movie aside, he's in it. I kind of enjoy his character, Mac. And I just kind of like him. He's he's kind of a Brendan Gleeson vibe to me. And Brendan Gleeson was on my list maybe for this role. But Skier, I just, I just kind of want, I think he could play around with that voice, that Trandoshan voice and find something. And he's kind of got a big presence. So that, that's kind of where I went for that. Oh, I think that's solid. That's great. Uh, final big one for me, Ty Yorick. Love this character, Ty Yorick. Love the potential. This character could have easily, you could have a series because uh, so many places to go with Ty. Uh, I, I would like to see her portrayed by Natalie Emmanuel, Missande from Game of Thrones. She's also in the Fast uh, Fierce franchise. Uh, throw her in there as Ty York. I really think that would be uh, a great role for a, a great performer. That is a, that's a, a solid list. I think uh, get get cast in. Um, yeah. My first again is Jodie Whittaker's Avar Chris. That's my first. I'll say it again at the end because that's <laughs> that's the one that I I want very much. I absolutely adore Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, uh, but she's also great in everything else that that she's uh, been in. Attack the Block with uh, with Finn, <laughs> right. uh, all sorts of other things. Uh, she's great. Uh, I I kind of went to some of my. Uh, Actors that I, I really like from other things that I really want to see in Star Wars and thought, ooh, do they match up with anybody in High Republic? So uh, Denai Guerrera, uh, most famous, uh, of course, from Walking Dead, but also from uh, Plano Koye in uh, in uh, Black Panther films, MCU. Uh, I would love to see her as Indira Stokes. Great. Uh, because Indira has just been, like I said, one of my most uh, favoritist characters. And I think uh, Denai Guerrera has that the, kind of the... Uh, the gravitas to play that, like I am a steadfast, noble character, you know? Yep. Yep. Uh, this one might shock people and, and they, they might have uh, some <laughs> strong opinions, but I, I went to the casting of Markeon Rowe. It's like, mm. is there anybody that I really want to see in a star Wars film who could play uh charming, maybe appears weak, but is actually incredibly strong, but actually has deep fear, lots of different facets of this one character. And so I, of course, thought of Kyle MacLachlan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, many people know Kyle MacLachlan for many things. Of course, the Flintstones film, I think, is the first thing that people think of. Um, uh, Kyle MacLachlan, I, I love deeply for playing one of my favorite fictional characters uh, ever, uh, Dale Cooper. But in particular, in the, the third season of Twin Peaks, he plays, it's debatable if it's three, four, five. He plays many different versions of uh, Dale Cooper. And he's just a phenomenal actor. And I think that he could really bring uh, some uh, great scariness and vulnerability to Mark Yonroe. I love that. My favorite role of his is the mayor of Portland in Portlandia. <laughs> Another classic. Uh, uh, I, I also just needed to find a place for Peter Capaldi, uh, the 12th Doctor, um, because he's one of my favorite actors as well. Now, he, his body type isn't right, but uh, I'm going to be controversial and say Porter Angle. He can do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he can definitely play the I have been alive for a very long time and I have insights and anger. He he can do those things. So <laughs> maybe he can, he can uh, uh, you know, go to weight training for Porter Engel. I don't know. Uh, there's some problems there. But anyway, uh, uh, go with the classic joke. Andy Serkis, he built the whole world. Let him be geode. He built the world <laughs> of motion capture. So love that. Uh, obviously, uh, many other contributions uh, to that world, including, you know, good old Jar Jar Binks. Um, and then uh, final again, Jody Whitaker's Avar Chris. That's it. There you go. I th- oh, yeah. there's one, one final one I had to um, go with me on this one. Frank Oz is Yoda. <laughs> Controversial, but I accept it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ready to move on to our final question? I am, sir. All right, this comes from Kevin Myers. Kevin says, which minor slash fringe characters are you hoping will make a triumphant return in Disney Plus shows? Personally, I'm pulling for Kira Knightley and Rose Byrne returning as Sabe and Dorme, oh, teaming yeah. up to help Obi-Wan or Cassian Andor. Return of the Handmaidens. Even crazier than that, my no longer secret wish is that Kamal Nanjiani is playing Kitster in the Obi-Wan series. <laughs> so these are these are some great picks. Um for anybody who is not caught up, uh Sabe has has made a triumphant return in the Vader comics, but that's not the screen. So I'm I'm all about uh, Sabe reappearing on screen. Uh in other thing that I want to say is I I want to ask you Kim before we get into our our picks. Yeah. Uh at this point, do you feel the return of uh, Kitster Benai is is outside the realm of possibility? Is that absurd to you? I don't think it's absurd or outside the realm. I really don't. I absolutely don't. And and uh, you know, Kitster got this new kind of life in the fandom. I think that the Star Wars show with uh, Andy Gutierrez and Anthony Carboni and uh, and everyone, I, I, they really just they brought back the actor for an appearance. They just talked about that character and just became like people started talking about him more. But he's always been kind of close to our heart. I mean. Uh, uh, Kitster Benai is great. I, there's, there's, there could be great use for that character. I think you could use that character very well for what's going on with Kenobi at the time. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, especially reframing it from the perspective of our generation, Ken, the people who yeah. grew up with the original trilogy and then, you know, wrestled with the prequel trilogy. Kitster was one of those characters that you knew because he's like, oh, he's that other kid with Anakin. And, and I think, so, so so that like he's a minor character that it's fun to know the name of that minor character like if you put all of that aside which is all just real world stuff right yeah and just look at the actual story of star wars you know what happens to a kid who doesn't get out and is still on tatooine all these years later that's a super legitimate important story yeah yeah small town kid stays in small town as the galaxy is oppressed yeah <laughs> <Can we interesting? laughs> Yeah, didn't didn't start out life uh, great, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and has anything got better for him? Has it only gotten worse on old Tatooine? I love that. Yeah. All right. So with uh, those things acknowledged, what are your picks for minor uh, fringe characters returning? I got a top three here, and I think we mentioned it joking or just in passing. We talked about it when our, our looking at Andor last week on the main show, um, and it's just it's been in my head. I want a, a younger Moff Jer Gerard. always love that character for whatever reason just always one of my favorites probably since the return of the jedi novelization more than anything and he's kind of a weird he's a weird character in the way that he he's he's very privileged he he went to a college good college similar to krennic wanting to rise in the ranks but maybe 
doesn't fit in all the way. And, you know, just kind of he's the one no one expected to take over the second Death Star. And I just said something about the character. And then because of those deleted scenes from Jedi where maybe he finds his heart and he doesn't shoot uh, his own troops, his own men and, and the planet uh, blowing up the moon of Endor as ordered, uh, I, I still... I still, so there's something I still like about that character. Like, well, where, where did that heart, where was that heart? Was it always there? Did, did what made him choose that? Like, you know, what, what was going on? So showing up in Andor in some capacity, uh, minor, small background, I don't know, cameo name. I, I, I could be excited for it. I love that. I, I think, you know, it's Michael Pennington, right? The actor. Um, yeah. I think he is, he's a great actor and he just, he brings a little bit of like a true, uh, sympathy to that character right just from that first scene of like i'm really trying to do the totally unrealistic things that i'm asked for <laughs> yes but if i could just whisper you to the truth the truth to you i don't have enough men this is totally unrealistic and like there's just that hint of humanity that we haven't quite seen in the you know ramrod straight or or buffoonish uh imperials yeah yeah it just yeah. gives him this this light, you know. And I love the kind of headcanon that uh, Vader's just choked a, too, a few too many of the top dudes or they have been taken out uh, by the rebellion. <laughs> so George mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryder is just like, I, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of, I'm great at kind of being middle level of like, I'm yeah. in charge of what now? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and later on in life, having been there of those conversations, we need you to cut man hours, but also lower crime stats. Can you do it? <laughs> and the answer has to be yes. I, I, I like George uh, Yeah. Was that your first? I got so excited by Jared Gerard. That was my first. Uh, two choices here. Uh, Zam Wessel. Zam's talking about prequel characters that even at the time, if you were wrestling with the prequels in our, as our generation was, you, you, you kind of liked. There's something about the character you liked. I love that. Always have loved that opening sequence. Uh, there's something cool about it. And uh, I think now, you know, subsequent Star Wars fan generations have really, they love this character. There's, there's a good following for Zam Wessel. And, it, you, you know, and, and, and if I don't know if she's popped up in any of the comics right now, I'm, I'm a little behind again on more of the bounty hunters and we know she wouldn't have lived that far. But you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if the character gets mentioned or name checked at all. I don't know. Um, but throwing the character up uh, uh, prior to attack the clones and, and some kind of storytelling, I, I'd be interested as well. Um, so I don't know. A young Sam Wessel and the Acolyte. I don't know. Give me something. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't know the uh, uh, I don't personally know right now what the uh, the lifespan of a Claudite is. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, final one for me. We talked about this character a lot. And unfortunately, uh, we had the perfect show to put this character in. But now it doesn't look like that's happening. Uh, I'm talking about Carson Teva. Give me Carson Teva, the X-Wing pilot who knows something is going on. Uh, That's uh, not a fringe character, a minor character so far in in Mandalorian season two. But I want Carson Teva some way, somehow. Mando three, Book of Boba Fett. I don't know. You find a way, you get him in there. Yeah, give him his own show. Yes. Entirely. Those are some great picks. Um, for me, uh, I would uh, go with uh, Larma Dassey, uh, the go. young Larma Dassey adventures. But uh, but she could show up in, um, you know, in some of these early uh, rebellion shows, uh, probably not played by the same actor. But I, I would love to see more about that character. I, I like the story of some of these characters who fought in the rebellion and then had to come back for the resistance, you know, like it, like it. Um. I think this one is an actual possibility, uh, but from from my perspective, kind of one of the one of the original fringe uh, weirdos 
<laughs> is uh, Lobot, of course. And I really hope that Lobot is uh, is loud and proud in the Lando series. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And then the final one for me is minor fringe character from a certain point of view, but not from another point of view. I, I will say from the films, uh, certainly uh, a minor character, uh, not as minor once you get into the Clone Wars, but Quinlan Voss, that, that is yeah. one of the characters that I'm most intrigued by uh, that we've got uh, the the. Orabesh that we've decoded from Vader comics or, yes. uh, that uh, he is one of the possible survivors. Uh, you know, I, I would be fine if it was just his adventures before the Clone Wars, more adventures during the Clone Wars. I'd be fine if it's his uh, what ultimately happens to him after the Clone Wars. I just think that he is such an intriguing character, it's such a, a Jedi with a different perspective. I love uh Dark Disciple, uh, the book. So I would l- just love more Quinlan Voss anywhere, anyhow. It really works for Kenobi. If you go back and watch that Quinlan Voss Kenobi episode in Clone Wars, was it season two around roundabout where they've kind of got some tension between them? Yeah, yeah. No, they, I believe it's season three. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, there's some there's some beef. I love that. Yeah, whatever, yeah. man. That's what you think, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's just, it's just great because he's a, a Jedi with character, a Jedi who who uh, wants to kind of do things his own way, but not in an non-rebel way. And I like, look, life's fun. Let's have some fun. I take things seriously when I have to. Don't worry about it. And then and then he goes through some serious stuff in Dark Disciple. So a yeah. complex, interesting character. Yeah, oh, that's great. All right. Well, we are looking forward to the announcement of uh, Sabe, uh, the show for Disney Plus. Not joking. I would love that. That would be amazing. Uh, thank you for all the great questions, everybody. Uh, Kevin, Graham, Adam, and just wonderful questions. That's it, Ken. Uh, that's it. But uh, we want to let you know where you can find us. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. And like I said, uh, reach out. Use the hashtag Force Center. Let us know uh, moments and characters of. A diversity and representation that have spoke to you, inspired you, and moved you. We'd love to see that and hear that and share that as well. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Amazon Music, among others. Uh, merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center and patreon.com slash Four Centers, where you can support us directly. I am in the process of getting out those commemorative Four Center 1000 posters. It's uh, been quite a process, but it's fun. And they're out. Uh, I put a, put a message about it in the Force Center uh, Patreon page. Also, Joseph, we did want to acknowledge uh, podcast users on Apple, which we know by statistics is still our largest number. There's been all this year, there's been some problems with Apple Podcasts. They're revamping all of the kind of wonderful stuff. And there's been some well-documented issues. One of the ones that was maybe underneath our radar screen, we just found about uh, found out about recently is uh, some uh, users have experienced that uh, episodes uh, that you may have downloaded a Force Center uh, in your catalog gone, deleted, and your automatic downloads turned off. We noted this noticed this because a dramatic drop in uh, numbers as we every week we study our stats and where we're reaching and where we're growing, just kind of the business side of the podcast. It was a stunning drop. We did some research. We don't know for 100% this is the case, 
Um, but some of you in our Discord were like, hey, everything's fine. Other Others of you reached out and were like, everything, ah, now that you mentioned it, not fine. I wasn't getting episodes. All my catalog of episodes gone. So we just want to let you know and also let uh, Apple users know there's an update, a couple updates available. Uh, I know the updates can be kind of annoying if you're an Apple <laughs> user. But they did release when they were supposed to fix this bug. That's some of the research we found. So we just wanted to make people aware of that. Um, final personal plugs and donations uh, or, or personal plugs in areas where we're talking about where we consider donation. Uh, sorry, getting ahead of my notes. Uh, <laughs> you can go to Ken Napsuck or KenNapsuck.com. I get information about things I'm doing, like a comedy show in New York in October with Mark Ellis and a bunch of folks out there. Also over the GPA, uh, we have launched a Kickstarter for our board game, Futility, the actual game of living. Just search for it on Futility. And places where we uh, do choose to uh, donate or uh, make uh, you all aware of, I've mentioned it before and I always say there's a lot of things in the world, a lot of places you can focus on. But once again, I keep seeing it, the, 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 the wildfire, wildfires here in California on the West Coast, something that does are, they're devastating uh, because of um, just where they are now, and the, the heat's a little hotter, and the fires are burning a little, a uh, little, a uh, little hotter. Uh, I always go to cafirefoundation.org and make yearly donations to uh, support uh, families of fallen firefighters, resources, and help for those who are out fighting the fires. So that's where I focus as well. Joseph, uh, for you, where, uh, where you, uh, where can they find you, and what are you focusing on? Yeah, you can find me on uh, all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I've been real busy uh, having a hard time keeping up with uh, some of the stuff I want to do. So I kind of took a break for about two weeks on uh, TikTok of posting uh, little videos of my action figures, which is one of my favorite things to do, but I'm back at it. So if you want to check those out, uh, you can find me on TikTok uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw. And of course, all those other social media places for links to all my other comedy adventures, uh, my podcast Obsessed, uh, shows I've written for, uh, past comedy albums, all that's on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And the thing I'd like to focus on is this organization, Vote Forward. I've mentioned it before. Uh, they gather addresses uh, and information about voting patterns and uh, you print out a letter and the letter has all the information, but then you just write a personal message about why you think it's important to vote. Uh, and they have these campaigns. They just wrapped up a really big one. I uh, wrote a hundred letters and put them in the mail on Saturday. Uh, they're ramping up to another uh, couple of big campaigns right now. So if you're interested in doing that and just encouraging people to use their power and vote, uh, you can check out Vote Forward. Their website is votefwd.org. There you go. There you go. What a fun show. Thank you all for your questions, uh, real thoughtful questions, fun questions, and we enjoy having you all here as our Force Center friends. So for Porter Engel, the star of today's episode, we'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.